So Brian, I don't know if you saw this earlier going around on Twitter. I just sent you a link in the Skype chat, but there was a funny tweet that I saw this morning where someone was watching Lost in Space on HBO and they noticed some unfinished green screens in the corner of a shot <laughs> because HBO was using uh, the wrong version, or at least like they had been given maybe um, a, uh, what did they give them? Like the wider version, basically with like the soundtrack area of the, of the shot where, you know, like where the soundtrack would be on the, on the actual film. Um, and and they and so they, it's so funny because they like pan over to one of the characters in this pan and scan version on HBO. Oh, so it's like a sixteen by nine version, which shouldn't have which shouldn't have been. And uh, so anyway, it's very funny. I sent you a link just if you want to see. There's a funny gif that Todd Vaziri put together of like what the movie should look like on DVD versus the version that HBO was showing, which was probably <laughs> given to them by New Line, where it shows like a little bit of a green screen in one of the windows of the ship. It's pretty hilarious. It's always funny when stuff like that happens. Todd put together like a Storify list of, of his tweets about this. And he talked about, he, he mentions lots of other, you know, uh, movies where like you can see green screen or blue screens in the, in the edges of shots or sometimes in like, he, in, in, you know, main shots that made it all the way to the end that just somehow missed the, the visual effects team. So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. No, just watching that gif right now. It is very funny. And it's, oh, fu- and it's, pan fu- and scan. Oh. I know it's so funny too, because pan and scan, he, he even mentions like they don't even need to pan. Like they, they could have just cut, you know, that area where the green screen is going on right now and, then they wouldn't even have to move anywhere. Like, why even bother with that? Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> I'm so glad we don't have to deal with pan and scan stuff uh, with physical media anymore. Yeah, I do not miss it. It is still amazing, though, that people like places like HBO still have to deal with stuff like that in order to get the 16 by 9 versions of films so that way, you know, people won't have any black bars on their screen, so it'll just fill up the entire TV screen because people are obsessive about there being black bars anywhere on the screen, whether it's when, you know, the black bars on the top and the bottom. Oh, now everyone has widescreen TVs. So we can't, we sure can't have any uh, black bars on the top and the bottom or, you know, like on the, on the sides. So very funny. So how was your last couple of weeks? We, we haven't talked. Uh, Comic-Con came and went. I'm home in Portland. Uh, lots of, fun times were had down in San Diego. Um, I got a chance to go, you know, hang out with, uh, with David and, uh, with David from Battleship Pretension and the guys from the Warner Archive and, uh, all of the usual suspects down in San Diego. Unfortunately, you weren't there though. No, it was, I, I wish I could have been. It looked like a lot of fun. Uh, but, uh, I'm glad you guys got all to hang out. Yeah, it was great. Um, I got a chance to go to that Scream Factory panel, which we can talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, there weren't really a whole lot of DVD panels, um, you know, news-wise. There were a couple of other DVD panels going on that I went to where they, you know, there was the, um, Chris Gore was there, and uh, they did a little DVD panel with, you know, talking about special features and whatnot, but it wasn't really, like, 
oh, here are some cool things that are coming out soon. It was mostly just like reflecting on the slowly dying format of, oh. of, of Blu-ray and DVD or physical media in general. Like, you know, the the audience is slowly getting smaller and smaller every year for these types of panels. And, you know, everyone there is so diehard, you know, gung-ho physical media forever. But the audience is just slowly getting smaller and smaller. And you think like, oh, yep, I can see. I can see how the winds have, have changed here. But you know what? We're going to keep it going. <laughs> so there's been a lot of news over the past couple of weeks. This episode, I don't know how we're going to fit all this stuff in here, but we might just race through some of this stuff. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um. So Criterion ended, so I think we last recorded before Criterion had even made their October announcements back on uh, on the 15th. And so I think we had talked a little bit about, you know, the fact that Pan's Labyrinth was coming to Criterion and it has now been detailed. It's coming, it was initially scheduled to come on my birthday, which I had been super happy about on October 11th. But then just within the last couple of days, Criterion has sent out uh, some changes to their upcoming schedule, including the fact that uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller is not coming out next month in August, but it is going to be pushed back into October now. Um, I don't think they have given a firm date yet on that one, but they also have uh, moved the Pan's Labyrinth and the Guillermo del Toro trilogy from the 11th to the 18th. And then they've also moved Boyhood from the 18th to the 11th, so they've, they're filling that slot a little bit earlier. That's interesting. Those two dates have been changed on Criterion's site, but then obviously um, McCabe has not. It still says August 8th, although we know it's not coming out then. Yeah, they have definitely officially sent out a, an email about that, so it's. I guess it's just a matter of them deciding on a date yet. Maybe they'll, Maybe they'll just go in and take out the date and just have it say, like, to be decided or something like that. I hope it did they say why I didn't catch why um they haven't said why and there's been a lot of speculation on forums and online just people thinking like oh maybe they're getting more supplements or maybe they're just spending more time on the release Um, maybe they're doing new interviews with people but they haven't said exactly why and you know it's it's all just conjecture at this point yeah hoping hoping for I mean whatever it is they're spending more time it's a movie I love you know I can wait yep but the so, what do you think of the Guillermo del Toro trilogy box set that they've come up with this time around? They're releasing two different versions of the set: a DVD release and a Blu-ray release. But the two formats have different covers, and the Blu-ray is going to have a hardcover book that the DVD release isn't going to have. Hmm. Huh. I mean, I know you're not one to only buy DVDs over Blu-rays, but yeah. it's interesting that they've decided to go and do this. I kind of like the cover for the DVD set better, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely in the camp of the Blu-ray case over the okay. DVD case, um, but I know a lot of people have, have posted on our Facebook page and saying that they like the DVD cover better, but um, I... I mean, I'm not getting either one, honestly, so it's not a big deal to me. Because you already have the other version or the other releases. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just going to get pans. And I love when they do these trilogies, but I wish that I didn't buy things so quickly, you know, 
because there's no way you're going to know when something like this will happen, I guess. I mean, I guess you could could have speculated maybe. Well, it's nice once... when it's nice when people like Arrow put out a box first and then break yes. it up versus, yes. you know, putting out individual releases and then somewhere down the line collecting them. Yeah, uh, I I agree. That's that's the proper way to do it in my mind, but I understand <laughs> that that can't always be worked out, so. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to get everything, you know, made ahead of time and then you kind of have to work on things in secret if you're going to do something like that. Yeah. So they're also releasing boyhood. As I said, they're releasing shortcuts on Blu-ray and then a couple of other titles that people were kind of surprised by the tree of wooden clogs and the executioner, this, uh, Spanish film from, um, Luis Garcia Berlanga. So some pretty exciting stuff coming from criterion in October. I've always wanted to see tree of wooden clogs, after I saw, um, oh, what's his name? The the actor that's in Traffic and um, the other Del Toro. Um, oh, whatever. Benicio Del Toro? Benicio, yes, sorry. He, at one point, was interviewed and gave a list of his favorite films. And it was some really interesting stuff, but Tree of Wooden Clogs, if I recall, was on his list. Um, along with, like, Nicholas Ray's The Lucky uh, Lusty Men and... Oh, there was a couple more interesting ones, like a Benoel or something. Mm-hmm. So I've always been curious about this one. I've never seen it. So some other news. The folks at Lionsgate are going to be re-releasing a new 30th anniversary Blu-ray edition of Highlander. Uh, I don't think we had talked about this one uh, during the last episode, but there's a new 4K transfer that has, or a new 4K restoration that Studio Canal has done. And it uh, looks like Lionsgate's going to be releasing it on Blu-ray here in the States. Um, a lot of the supplements I'd imagine are from past releases, but it is going to be you know a new transfer or a new restoration. Of course, I just bought Highlander on Blu-ray like three weeks ago or a month ago. When, <laughs> when it, but it was on sale for three ninety nine, so I'm not really going to complain much. So I was like, three ninety nine for Highlander? There can be more than one in that case. <laughs> I can take a couple of those. I, I almost got two. But anyway, it's not a big deal, but that's cool that that's happening. Definitely. Um, the folks at Scream Factory have added even more supplements to the upcoming Blu-ray release of The Thing. Uh, they're going to be doing... Let's see, what did they add here? Um, a couple of new interviews with John Carpenter. Actually, you know what? Let me make sure I've got my notes here right. Do you know? Do you remember what they've added that was new from to this release that they I, hadn't already announced? I didn't. I wasn't. Sometimes it's hard for me to sort through. I didn't catch which of the new stuff was. So I'm excited about it. Um. Well, there's a lot of stuff. So I'm looking at so I'm looking at the Blu-ray.com story where they wrote up this news item, but and they say you know they put new next to a bunch of things uh, on the list of supplements. But I can't remember now if we had already mentioned that these were coming. But there is going to be a lot on this release. There's uh, multiple commentary tracks, um, a new 4.1 audio mix uh, from the 70 millimeter six track Dolby stereo soundtrack. So that's going to be sound pretty amazing. Um, so two new audio commentary tracks and then lots of new supplements and interviews. And they showed actually at Comic-Con, uh, they previewed a couple of the interviews that they had made and, you know, showed off a little bit of the footage and stuff and it looked great. So 
definitely time to buy uh, the thing again. Yeah, this is looking like quite the definitive release, which, you know, I couldn't be more excited about. So uh, this is great. Yeah, and they're doing, and so again, if, if we probably mentioned this already, but this is going to be a new 2K scan of the inner positive, um, uh, supervised and approved by the director of photography. So it's going to look good. It's going to be a new scan of the film. The So another um, Shout Factory uh, piece of news that they have announced is that they're going to be working on, let me just pull up the news here, but they're working on some new limited edition uh, titles that are going to be available only through their website. Oh yeah, that's another thing that came up just after I think we recorded the last time. Yeah, we were going to record, or it was like right before I went down to Comic-Con or it was, you know... Um, actually, I think it might have even happened like right after we released our episode. Yeah. Um, the last the episode day. that we recorded. So, um, they're technically a part of Scream Factory. They're going to be doing five limited run titles only available at shotfactory.com. They're doing, um, in August, they're going to be releasing Deathstalker and Deathstalker 2, uh, up from the, and up from the depths. These are both coming out on uh, the 30th of August. Um, these are going to be limited to a thousand units that they're making for each of these titles. Um, you can pre-order now. I don't think any of these have sold out yet, but I haven't got, let's, let's just check and see. Um, they're also, and these are around $27 for these. So, um, and then in September they're doing message from space, time Walker, and the Velvet Vampire. So, um, you know, they're kind of getting into the game that, you know, Twilight Time and, um, you know, Scorpion and and a number of those folks have been doing and, you know, kind of been doing pretty successfully over the past few years of, you know, these smaller limited runs at a, you know, somewhat serious price point. what do you think of this? Are you going to end up ordering any of these? Well, full disclosure, I did order um, Deathstalker 1 and 2 and Up From the Depths. Um, I'm contemplating Message from Space, but I'm going to wait um, because I didn't realize, and this is just for people that want to do this, um, I, I haven't ordered a lot from Screen Factory's website. I didn't know what their deal was as far as charging you when they charge you, as far as does it charge when it ships or does it charge when you order. I don't know what your experience has been, but I usually assume when I'm pre-ordering something that with a credit card and not PayPal that it won't charge at that time, but these did. So I am going to wait until a little closer to the release date of Message from Space unless they give some indication that it's going to get sell out before I order any more because I was hoping I was like oh well I'll just order them now and then in August they'll charge me and and it's fine I guess when they don't do it but I sometimes wish they'd give some indication as to when you'll be charged um, yeah almost all the retailers that I buy from charge you when the item ships that just makes more sense to me because if there's a delay or whatever uh, it just it's I thought it was the norm but so I was a little surprised when that happened so just warning people, that's the scenario if you order these. I think of all of the titles that they announced in this run, Message from Space is probably the one that I would probably 
maybe Time Walker also, but I think Message from Space is like, you know, kind of right up my alley of, of things that I'm interested in that I would probably want to pick up. I think Time Walker was a mystery science theater. I think they did it, it as an MS2K. It looks, that looks familiar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. There were a lot of, there's a lot of uh, interesting comments being made on um, on the, the Facebook pages for it. Like, there were a lot of people in, you know, other countries that were kind of upset that they weren't going to be able to get these because I think maybe Shout Factory wouldn't ship them uh, to other countries, whereas, like, Amazon doesn't necessarily have that problem of, you know, shipping things out to other countries. Um, but, you know, they they say over and over that, like, they have the U.S. rights for this stuff and that they can't necessarily um, send it to other countries that they don't have the rights for them to. Yeah, yeah I, I think they took more heat than was probably warranted, but the price point is pretty high, and I think people um, don't understand why when they've already put, for instance, up from the depth, depths and Deathstalker 1 and 2 out on DVD, and you would think turned some kind of a profit, um, why it would be so difficult to do these as normal releases, but maybe th- maybe they just didn't sell well, and maybe that's why, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... F- for these, they're just making them for the fans out there that want these specific titles and know that they're just not going to sell very many of them as they have to be able to make some kind of money off of this stuff. Sure. Uh, I mean, and, and really it's like they have to make money in order to like, you know, pay everyone that's working at the company and then also just get the rights to more films. It's not like they're, you know, buying themselves yachts and Lamborghinis. (laughs) Lamborghinis with the money that they're making off of these Blu-rays. It's just a matter of saying, like, well, how can we, how, how can we keep doing what we're doing? And so they have to do stuff like that. Yeah, I think people forget just how big of a company they are. I mean, they're pretty big. Yeah. As far as boutique labels go, I think they're one of the biggest. Yeah, I mean, but they also just are releasing so many different things. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about Shot Factory and Scream Factory, let's talk about what they announced at Comic Con. So one of the first things that they put up on the screen as they were running through their list of stuff is that they're going to be releasing uh, William Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A. as a part of the Shout Select line. Very cool. Um, this isn't one that we had talked about as being like, oh, this might happen. This is kind of it came out of it. This was a surprise, at least for me, I think it was a surprise. No, it was for me, too, because there was a, there's actually a decent, solid special edition Blu-ray of this out there already. Um, of course, I'm sure they can do better and they can add some supplements and whatever, but um, I, I definitely picked that up when it came out and was very excited when it came out. But it is an MGM, so I guess we should have known. So yeah, that one came out, let's see, what year did that come out? Back in 2011, there was the Blu-ray from MGM that they put out. Um, yeah, I don't know, uh, they haven't talked about any supplements. All I did was kind of put up the cover on the screen. Um, yeah, it seems like they could probably just, uh, you know, put together another pretty solid release for this one. Yeah. Shout Select is, is looking good so far. Did you, have you gotten any of them so that at Comic-Con they had copies of Buckaroo Banzai, uh, available and then they had like the Bill and Ted set. So they had Buckaroo Banzai available for purchase where you could get that plus the, um, poster at Comic-Con, uh, you know, ahead of time. And then they also had on display, but not for sale, the Bill and Ted uh, box set. 
Oh, that's mean. Yeah. Um, and then they also have posted some pictures of, you know, packaging showing like the, the spines lining up with one another. And um, I just got Buckaroo Bonsai in the mail uh, when I got back from Comic-Con. So yeah, I did too. I'm excited to dive into that one. I saw some people started getting Midnight Run too, Yeah, which um, I'm definitely going to get. Totally. So let's talk about what they uh, teased at. Some pretty exciting things. They announced 13 titles. Uh, kind of. I mean, they really, at the panel, all they did was kind of just run down a list of things, <laughs> like putting up a picture of, you know, like poster art or something. Um, but it was mostly just like, here's a list of things we're working on. And they squeezed it in at the very end of the panel. And so, Oh, really? Yeah. So it was like, oh, we were running out of time. So here's uh, here's 13 things we're working on. And we're just going to run down the titles. And okay, we're out of here. Wow. Um, so they, these are supposed to start coming out in November is what they're saying, I guess. I don't think it's clear exactly. I don't think they gave any dates yet okay. for any of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess like November sounds about right as far as like what they've announced already. Um, there's a pretty good interview with Jeff Nelson on Blumhouse.com where they talk about the the announcements and um, kind of give a little bit more context into like why they were why they're excited about some of these titles. Nice. Yeah. So I'll put a link in the show notes for that. Um, but yeah, there was really no like rhyme or reason to the structure of it. It was just like, okay, here's a bunch of things <laughs> that that we can announce that we're working on. So. I think the biggest one of these, well, there's a couple big ones. So yeah. maybe for me, like the biggest one is Dead Ringers. Sure. Uh, Dead Ringers and Rabid. So the two Cronenberg films, um, you know, Dead Ringers obviously was a Criterion Collection release that is now out of print. And it's pretty amazing that Scream Factory got the rights to it over, you know, Criterion. I don't know if Criterion, I mean, they often say that they want to get, you know, they don't want to lose the rights to anything. And if they can you know, relicense something that is out of print and they, they'll try. Um, but it's always strange when, you know, titles like these slip through their fingers and, you know, someone else picks up the rights to it. But this was this is one that I feel like was, was being discussed in the kind of rumor mill on different forums that I was following, at least. Like, people were talking about Criterion getting the rights to Dead... Or not, getting, uh, Scream Factory getting the rights to Dead Ringers, Um in the months leading up to Comic-Con. So this one wasn't quite as much of a surprise as maybe like Rabbit was or, or some of these other titles. The other, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I'm excited about this one too. I mean, I have never picked up or I don't think I've ever picked up the blue, the DVD of it. Cause I was always kind of holding out, but I think scream will do a nice job with it. You know, it's questionable whether they would do a better job than Criterion, or if the other thing is, will they be able to get any of Criterion supplements, which is doubtful, um, which is too bad. But, um, you know, I, I think they'll do a good job. So of the other stuff, they're going to be releasing Boba Hotep, the Bruce Campbell uh, film. This one, you know, it's pretty, it's fun, but I don't know if it's like, it's certainly not one of my favorites, but it is, you know, it's a pretty fun movie and I think it kind of fits with the, with the line. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's Don Coscarelli, Mr. Phantasm. And I, I'm curious when that drops. Cause we know the 4k restoration has been done. Like who is going to put it out? Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be curious, but I like Boba Hotep. It's, it's silly, but it's fun. Uh, they're going to be doing dreamscape, which is pretty exciting. 
Yeah, uh, I like that one. Poltergeist 2 and 3. Um, in the, the interview over on Blumhouse, they talk about, you know, like, oh, obviously we can't get the rights to the first movie because it's still with Warner Brothers. And, you know, that would be, we, they don't have a relationship with them. But, you know, they've done this before where, you know, they've done like Scanners 2 and 3. Um, and what other ones have they done where they've just done the sequels but not the first one? Oh, man. Um, species? Oh, yeah, Species. That, that's I think one. that's one. I don't think, no, they didn't do the first Species. There's at least a couple other examples of that that I'm blanking on. But yeah. They said they're going to be doing the like a definitive version of black Christmas. Um, they're also going to be doing the house that screamed, uh, slumber party massacre two and three. They've already done the first one of that, right? Yeah. Okay. And they, and they did a DVD set of all three. Oh, um, but not a Blu-ray set, but not a Blu-ray set. And they're going to be releasing, did I say dead of winter already? So, um, Oh, Willard and, uh, what is the the Ben Ben? Yes, I like. I'm excited about those those two. Yep, uh, the killer rat movies, man. Mm-hmm. Stuff I dig. Totally. So, uh, a pretty fun announcement as far as like the Comic Con panel went. They, you know, is mostly it's a lot of the same stuff with these panels. Like they're just talking about you know, what is it like working for the company? What do you do as a producer? And it's like a lot of the same answers and same stories that we've heard before. And so. I often like think about, you know, this panel at Comic-Con was so late in the day. It was like at eight o'clock at night on that Friday. And it was just like, you know, I go to these panels cause I want to like, I want to hear about these new titles that they're announcing. But then, you know, they go and post this stuff on Twitter and Facebook, like as it's happening in the panel. And yeah. so there's almost no reason for us to go to the panel. If you want to like, you know, say like, oh, here's what they've just announced. Like, they're going to post it. So like, I didn't even have to go to the panel. I mean, it's fun to support them and to be there like in the room yeah, uh, and see that stuff as it's announced. But really like, there's like almost no re- reason to go anymore uh, just because it feels like um, they're just doing the same things over and over again. And they're just saying like, you know, we'll just, we'll post the list uh, afterwards. Like, you're not going to have any advantage over everyone at home. Yeah, I was <clears throat> I was surprised how quick it got out there after cuz I looked at my, I looked at my watch or not my watch, I looked at the clock when it was posted and I was like, "What? Didn't that panel just cuz I knew it was a later in the day panel." I was like, and it, it it occurred to me at that time that they must have posted basically simultaneously. Yeah. I mean, I love them and all, but man, just like give us give us some reason to be there in the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, some other cool news that came out of Comic-Con this week. Uh, the At the Aliens panel, uh, James Cameron talked about the Abyss coming to Blu-ray finally. This is one that people have been, you know, hoping for for years, essentially ever since Blu-ray uh, started as a format. But this one is getting a new 4K restoration. They just, I think he had just said that they just did a wet gate 4K scan of the original negative. And that it's going to look insanely good is what he said. Um, and I can't wait. I mean, this is one that I've seen in HD be- through like, you know, other means. And that has been like, you know, on, uh, I don't know if it was on HBO or if it was on like t- different TV channels in HD. And so there's the HD versions around 
uh, out there on the internet, including like the director's cut. Um, this one is just, you know, high on my list. And I hope that I'm, I'd imagine that they're probably going to do like an ultra high definition version of it just because they're scanning in 4k and it's going to look, you know, really great. And they're probably going to promote the heck out of it next year in 2017. So I, this, you know, this will be probably one of the, the titles that I pick up as a, you know, 4k UHD disc in, with the, with the Blu-ray as like, you know, a backup. Yeah. No, it's funny because this movie has always been um, one that is sort of a demo title, you know, mm-hmm. like yep. f- on VHS with THX sound and on DVD, you know, it was one that they would run at Best Buy and, and places that were selling high end equipment because it looked so good and it was just always. So it's kind of crazy that we haven't had a Blu-ray until now and that obviously now now he's just going to jump with Blu-ray into the new format as well, which makes sense. I'm sure it'll look great. And like you say, I'll probably do the same thing you're doing and, and pick that up. That might be the first one I, that I get. I, I was eyeing up Labyrinth, um, but I haven't bought any yet. The Let's see, what else do we have here? Um, uh, where am I right now in my notes? The folks at Scream Factory, let's go back to Scream Factory real fast. They just mentioned, they just posted the other day that they're going to be, you know, in addition to all the stuff, they've detailed the Raising Cane Blu-ray and they're going to be including a director's cut of the film where the the scenes have been reordered as they were originally intended. And what's what's interesting about this is that like, that was essentially a fan edit right the the reordered version of raising cane i think so i'm still unclear as to what the deal is with that um i was i was googling around for it and there's a um an old indie wire post where they um where they post the guy uh, the uh let's see who was it pete uh gilderblom gilderblom um this is from back in 2012 and uh the is still up on Vimeo that you can go watch. So I'll put a link in the show notes for that. You can watch the whole movie re-edited. Um, but it's interesting that they uh, are going to be including this on the release. And I have to imagine that it's like, you know, approved by De Palma. So very cool. Yeah. I'm always curious why they have so much trouble. I mean, there's a, there's a Brian De Palma featurette but I don't understand why they have so much trouble sometimes getting these directors. Like, why are they? They're they're high profile. Like, why is it so hard? And and De Palma's not. I mean, I would think De Palma would be down to do a commentary track. Is it just that expensive to get him to do one? Or yeah, I mean, he goes into the Criterion offices and will talk to people. Um, yeah, I guess know, he didn't. He didn't do commentaries, huh? On those, those are mostly interviews, right? Yeah, they're mostly just interviews. Maybe that's all he's into. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always curious though when they put out a a movie and they can't get the director. I'm just like, I just it just baffles me a little bit because I don't blame them. It's obviously they've tried, but I don't understand why a director wouldn't want to be involved with this release if unless there's some idea that that Shout Factory is like a second tier company and they don't want to be. I that I just don't understand it. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if like in the, in the years to come, like if 
and you know like this this is kind of like a director approved version of the film this re-edit as he intended it but like I was just thinking James actually James was in is in Portland right now and we were talking about this last night uh, over drinks and I was asking we were talking like you know wonder if like this will legitimize fan edits in any way or if this will you know like when will we see fan edits like you know on discs approved by filmmakers is like oh this you know I, I saw this fan put this version of the film together and I thought it was great and it should be on the disc with it yeah that's an interesting <laughs> we'll see yeah uh, a couple of upcoming reissues on blu-ray in the uk so they're going to be in uh, the uk studio canal is going to be re-releasing sid and nancy as for its 30th anniversary there aren't really many details as far as whether or not this is going to be restored or remastered in you know 4k or anything but um it is coming to blu-ray with with supplements uh, as a part of the studio canal vintage classics line and then also there's going to be a new 4K restoration and 4K release um, of uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth, the nice. David Bowie movie. So this one is coming out later this year in theaters and then uh, available, I think, in October of uh, in the UK on Blu-ray. Um, I don't know if it will necessarily... There are some articles around saying that it's going to be coming to ultra high definition, but um, you know we'll we'll see since they're doing a new. I guess they haven't really announced any ultra high definition title Studio Canal, so we'll see. But I will definitely be picking up this new this new Blu-ray. Um, and I would love to see that movie on the big screen too if it you know comes to the states. You know, see a new restored version of it. Oh hell yeah. Um. Let's talk about these Universal uh, Legacy Collection Blu-rays. So many years ago, Universal put together these box sets, these DVD box sets of, you know, films of uh, the Universal monsters. So like they did a, one on the Wolfman, they did one on Frankenstein, they've done you know Dracula and the Invisible Man, and yeah, I have the Invisible Man one. Those are all great, and they are finally going to be. Uh, reissuing those as Blu-rays. They're going to be coming out in September and they're doing The Wolfman and Frankenstein. Um, These are going to have, so you know, like Frankenstein has, the the original movie, Bride of Frankenstein, Ghost of Frankenstein, Frankenstein meets The Wolfman, House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. So like, I am so, so excited about this. Uh, This is like day one purchase for me, at least the, the Frankenstein one definitely day one purchase yeah i i feel the same way i'm into the wolfman one too um i haven't seen a lot of several of these movies even so yeah i'm looking forward to these and i'm definitely looking forward to the invisible man set when and if they do it yeah they haven't announced that yet though right not yet no that would be great um i i mean i'm kind of surprised that they didn't do dracula first like Mm -hmm. or like dracula and frankenstein first but Maybe they just had more of the Wolfman films available uh, in high definition. Yeah. Now, this is exciting, though, and they're relatively inexpensive, about 30 bucks on Amazon right now, which isn't too bad for seven films a piece or whatever it is. Yeah, definitely. I will. I mean, I have no problem paying that much for uh, this kind of collection. Um, 
Another reissue, a 35th anniversary Blu-ray of An American Werewolf in London, is coming from Universal in September also. That is exciting. New scan, Yeah, new, new restoration of the film, uh, new sleeve for it. And then a lot of uh, supplements that have been, I think, on past releases. Yeah, no, and that one's cheap too, only about 15 bucks. I'd pay 15 bucks for just a new transfer, which I didn't have a huge problem with the previous one, but I love that movie too much to not get it. Uh, Code Red has announced a few things that they're going to be releasing uh, here in the States. Uh, Cry of a Prostitute. They don't have, actually, they don't have dates for a lot of this stuff, but they're going to be, oh, go ahead. It's their classic move of like all kinds of titles and 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 we just got an announcement finally of a pre-order for like some titles they announced earl- way earlier this year so you just never know when this stuff is actually coming but yeah at least there's like you know covers and uh some of these say you know new restorations yeah um which of these ones are you excited about have you um you know which ones are you more uh apt to to pre-order um, from the new bundle or yeah, just from the, well, from this new list of titles that were just announced for, you know, late, uh, 2016, early 2017. I mean, cry of a prostitute is an interesting movie that, uh, I'll probably end up getting. It's pretty sleazy, but it's got, um, some actors I like, like Henry Silva. Yeah. Um, but some of these, I don't know. Oh, they just announced a couple more. It looks like I didn't even see these today or yesterday. Serpent's Lair. Violent professionals I know of, but I've never seen. The Last Hunter. Oh man, there's so much stuff here. Um, there was a couple that. Um, the Great Alligator uh, is a Sergio Martino movie I'm interested in, and then um, they had one other, Almost Human. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about some of these. I mean, I'm kind of a completist with their stuff, so I guess we'll see when it comes down to it when they put them up for pre-sale if I go and pull the trigger but I definitely pulled the trigger on their new uh, pre-order bundle that's up at Diabolic DVD right now because it includes um, Hollywood Boulevard which the Joe Dante and Alan Arkish movie that was announced initially through Scorpion and now I guess it's jumped over to Code Red Um, but they also are putting in that same bundle House at the Edge of the Park which is another one that I've been wanting and they announced way back earlier in the year. And then one called Mardi Gras Massacre, which um, I definitely want to pick up. And then another called Maniac, but not that Maniac. Uh, It's something also known as Assault on Paradise, which I haven't seen. But since it's part of the bundle, I'm probably going to end up getting it. Um, But this is the same scenario they've been doing lately, which is slightly irritating in that they'll sell it through Diabolic, they'll let you pre-order early, but then you know bill will put them up slowly on the code red big cartel site so you don't really have to pre-order from diabolic um but i have been just for the heck of it because i'd rather do that than wait around and deal with the unpredictability of code red site going up and down and whatnot so um speaking of diabolic did you get a chance to see or pre-order this um Herschel Gordon Lewis box set that Arrow announced over the past week or so. Nah, it's is it sold out already? It is. It is sold out already. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't need the deluxe, honestly. I'm going to get the set, but I, I yeah. saw that 
I saw the deluxe. I was momentarily tempted by it, but then I was just like, you know what? I just want the movies, and this, the the extra stuff is nice, but I don't need it, so I didn't order it. So they're releasing this giant box set of Herschel Gordon Lewis films called, they're describing it as Shock and Gore, and they are releasing it in a couple of different versions, like in the UK and the US. Um, the big box set was limited to 500, I think. Oh, wow. And so that one is... Uh, that one is sold out, I think, which was available at boxofgore.com. Um, then I'm trying to like sort through what they what they posted here, but like there are also going to be, um, I think, UK and US versions um, available that aren't quite the uh, exclusive version. Although maybe I'm wrong, like. I can't I can't tell from their Facebook posts like which one uh like if there's going to be a, a larger or you know like a wider release of these titles um do you know for how this is how this is being I distributed thought there was, I thought there was well uh, now I don't know but I thought there was the big limited set and then there was a sort of a regular if as it were set That's what I thought too um I mean, they just say, I mean, they're just describing it as like shock and gore is, is sold out in the UK, in the UK and the U S but, um, I don't know if there's a, like a smaller version. I'm going to have to like sort through this, these, these posts of theirs, but I thought there was too. When I was, when I first saw this, I thought like, okay, well there's going to be a super limited deluxe saw- version and then there's going to be, um, the regular one for everyone else, but I can't tell now. I swear when they tweeted it out, they had like two separate entries, one for that big set, and then I swore there was another one that well. you're there I think you're right too, but I just don't I don't see it here on their Facebook page, yeah, I don't see it either that's that's disconcerting, well, I guess someone if you know the answer, feel free to tweet at us, and uh we'll correct this next week, yeah, um some other stuff that that arrow announced uh that I don't think we talked about yet, but um, they're going to be releasing uh, Dark Water. Did we talk about Dark Water and the burning and all that stuff? I know we talked about like the Woody Allen movies and the Decalogue last time, but I think there was some stuff that we hadn't talked about because that, that's when they announced this Herschel Gordon Lewis box set. Yeah, there's that we definitely didn't because you know, the matinee UK release and and other stuff, I, I feel like they announced after. Okay. Um, they're also doing uh, Bride of Reanimator. Wait, that one? Did, they already did Bride of Reanimator, didn't they? Or is that am I thinking of a different one? They did. I thought it was U.S. and U.K. Maybe it was only U.S. Because I swear, one... I thought I swear I have that check disc on my pile somewhere. But maybe yeah, that one confuses me a little bit. Um, and did we talk about the burning already? Because that was one that we that uh, Scream Factory has already released here in the states. I don't think so. I don't think we talked about them announcing that. Okay. Well, this is what happens when we record two weeks after the last time, <laughs> and we don't we aren't quite sure what has been announced. Yes. And then Arrow is like delaying some announcements. And anyway, they have a pretty exciting October lineup. That Hers- Herschel Gordon Lewis box set was something that I 
I mean, it was like over $200, I think, to get the limited edition version. And I think I was seeing in some of these posts uh, in the comments saying that it had sold out in like six and a half hours uh, for the US one to sell out. But then the UK release had sold out in like five days. And so I don't know if, uh, and then it looks like according to some comments, people are already like complaining about folks already like reselling their, their pre-orders. That's, that is one of my biggest, um, that's like one of the most obnoxious things you can do for me as a collector is to sell something you don't have. Yeah. People do that with, uh, Mondo prints too, where they'll, you know, they'll get their, they'll, they'll somehow like get a, get the order in and then right away, turn around and put it up on eBay. Like, Oh, I don't have it yet, but you know, I'll have it as soon as it actually ships. Yeah. That, that just drives me nuts. It's like this, the, the lowest of the low. Yeah. Well, um, so I found, I just sent you the message, but I found a listing for the Herschel Gordon Lewis feast set. Um, which is obviously much, it's just, you know, it's the discs. Okay, okay. And, but it's not any of the other, you know, crazy packaging. It's a very small, but I think it has all the movies, and this is supposed to come out on October 24th. There's a pre-order available on Amazon UK. I should look and see if it's on Amazon US as well. But um, So, fear not. I, I believe you can still get these movies, just not in that giant classy set. Okay, that makes sense. So um, on the the October releases image that they put up, they have like the big shock and gore one, and then next to it they have like this little Herschel Gordon Lewis <laughs> feast. We really uh, don't want you to buy this one. We'd rather <laughs> you bought this limited one. But like they surely they're going to make more money off of the the non limited version than the you know five hundred copies at two hundred dollars. Yeah, well it's pretty pricey. I found it on Amazon US. Uh, it is two hundred twenty nine ninety five right now. Um, it says limited edition twenty five hundred units U.S. So um, it will sell out at some point, but um, I'm hoping that price comes down a little bit before October twenty fifth. Um, but that's definitely one I have to get. So, speaking of things selling out. There was a low quantity update for some Twilight Time movies last week, and I don't know if they, I haven't gone to check, but, um, you know, some titles that are down below, you know, like under 200 copies, like right now there are less than 100 of Judgment at Nuremberg left, um, less than 100 of Sleepless in Seattle, less than 150 of First Men in the Moon, um, which is cool because that was one of the 5,000 unit uh discs um crimes and misdemeanors is going to sell out soon thunderbirds is going to sell out soon although actually you know what i think thunderbirds that was like i think we've mentioned that on past low quantity updates so maybe that that one's one's been teetering on the edge for like a year or something (laughs) that's what i was thinking just now um in like flint the blue lagoon major dundee man for all seasons uh demetrius and the gladiators the Mechanic, John Carpenter's Vampires. John Carpenter's Vampires is down below 550, um, and that was one of the 5,000 unit versions also. And then Khartoum is also under 550. So if you have been holding off on any of those discs, you know, don't hold off too long, or at least like um, hopefully, you know, a lot of people pick those up during that last sale of theirs. But I think of all of these, I think I have everything 
that I need or that I want from this this lineup. Yeah, me too. Um, they did announce that their new stuff is available for pre-order today. FYI. So, so these are the the August titles going to be coming in a couple weeks. Yes. What are the um? I was just looking at this list earlier. So it's like hardcore with George C. Scott, um, the Glory Guys. I don't I don't know that movie. Um, uh, the reissue of Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Um, something called La Mogue Puibella. Mogul? Yeah, I don't know that one. Um, and then the Tony Rome double feature, the Frank Sinatra movies, Tony Rome and Lady in Cement, um, as well as Theater of Blood with Vincent Price. The uh, the film that you were trying to pronounce is, you can just refer to it as The Most Beautiful Wife. The Most Beautiful Wife, of course. It's uh, Damiano Damiani. Ah, very nice. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the other, what was the other one? The Glory Guys is uh, written by Sam Peckinpah, has Slim Pickens in it. Nice. Um, yeah, Frank Sinatra is in Tony Rome and Lady in Cement. I like those movies, by the way. Yeah. I actually like Lady in Cement quite a bit. Um, so I'm excited for that. They don't do a lot of those double features. They did support your local sheriff and I forget what the other one was, but I like that they are doing that from time to time. That's kind of neat. Let's see here. Um, and then theater of blood is another one of the Vincent price movies that arrow released, I think, uh, in the UK. Yep. It's a good one. It's a good one that, um, I'm surprised, um, that Scream Factory didn't get as part of one of their sets. But yeah, totally. Slipped past them, I guess. All right, so I think that's all of the news that I, I have. Just oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Just one quick thing about two silly titles from Kino that I'm excited about. Um, one of which is Scavenger Hunt, which I don't know if I've talked about on the show too much, but I'm a big fan of this movie. It's a total goofball comedy kind of an all-star thing um you know tony randall richard benjamin cloris leachman tons of people it's just about a vincent price actually is in it he plays a guy who a, a game designer not video games but board games um like one of the parker brothers or something uh, who when he dies you know leaves his fortune to whoever in his family can win this scavenger hunt that he's set up and it's really stupid. It's got Willie Ames and Dirk Benedict and a whole bunch of other people. Um, but I love it. And it's never been on home video outside of VHS. So this Blu-ray and DVD announcement is is pretty exciting for those of us that like this silly movie. Um, and just as silly and even w- worse of a movie is The Apple, uh, the Canon films. I think Menachem Golan directed, um, you know, crazy quasi futuristic dystopian whatever you want to call it musical um i just saw that scorpion announced that they are going to be doing that in conjunction with kino as one of their last mgm titles i guess so i don't know if that whole scorpion kino thing is coming to an end or if it just means their mgm stuff is coming i don't know what that means but i know a lot of people like the apple and i am part of that group as crazy and as silly as it is. So I just wanted to make sure people knew it was coming to Blu-ray. 
Did, uh, have we talked about all the different Warner Archive Blu-rays that are coming over the next month or so, like in August? I don't uh, know if we've touched on that too much. I think we might have. So, like, let's see what's coming out in August. So, just today was the Deadly Trackers, I think, this week. Yep. Uh, on Blu-ray, there's, um, let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Did we talk about that one already? We might have mentioned just briefly that it's coming, but maybe not even. And then, uh, let's see, they're also doing some Edward G. Robinson stuff, um, Man in the Wilderness, uh, Lucifer. Lucifer is that new TV show that's going straight to the Warner Archive. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And then some Betty Davis stuff, uh, on DVD, including like The Letter and Dark Victory. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I was hoping that they might announce some stuff at Comic Con, but they didn't. They had, you know, like their sing along panel for Batman Brave and the Bold, which they usually do at the. They've done at Comic Con before and at uh, WonderCon and stuff. So, but I don't think they announced anything special there. That's too bad. I do enjoy the sing along. Um, I think did they say they were going to add some elements of hysteria to that this time around? I thought I heard. Uh, if they did, I missed it. I had a I had to watch uh part of the Warner Archive while they had the panel, and so uh I couldn't go into the panel. Gotcha. So uh, it was, but I I have gone to it in the past, and I'm if they did do hysteria, then I'm sad because, um, I wish I could have been there to hear that. Yeah, that's what I thought I read online, but I didn't see any recap of that panel. All right, so I think that is it. Are there any other pieces of news that we should talk about? I think that's it. All right, so let's talk about what came out last week and this week on Blu-ray and DVD. So last week, uh, the 19th of July, there was a little movie that no one talked about called Batman v Superman <laughs> Dawn of Justice. This one was now uh recut as a ultimate edition. It is uh they they do include the theatrical cut uh, on the Blu-ray. This one uh you know 3 hours long approximately and uh you know the the theatrical cut was only you know like maybe two and a half hours or so. And so they added uh, a little bit back into the movie. Um, definitely a contentious movie. A lot of folks did not like it, uh, which is <laughs> kind of putting it mildly. Um, but I kind of enjoyed it. I liked the, I, I sat through it in the theaters. I didn't hate it, um, but it's certainly, you know, not a great movie. Uh, it's very grim. And, you know, when it's put up against the kind of, you know, when it's put up, when you compare it to something like Civil War, which is also, you know, big superhero movies where, you know, like the heroes are fighting against each other, um, you know, Marvel has it kind of down now, like how to do a comic book movie and keep things fun, but also serious and have, you know, like have stakes, but not necessarily like make things, you know, like the end of the world, like this mo- like Batman versus Superman kind of turns into. The ultimate edition for an author who's like, oh, should I get this one? I think uh, if you enjoyed the movie, then you will like the ultimate cut. I think for the most part, the consensus seems to be that um, most everyone who didn't like the the theatrical cut enjoyed this longer one. Yeah, <clears throat> and I only saw the longer one and I thought it was fine. You know, yeah. I thought it was not 
terrible at all. Um, I feel like I only showed Charmaine like the first <clears throat> hour of it, and then we were like, oh, you know, maybe she did sit through all of it. Because I feel like we, we got through part of it, and I was like, oh, yeah, there's still two more hours of this. <laughs> and she was like, what? How can they possibly put two more hours of this in? I Well, I couldn't even get my wife to, to watch it at all, which yeah. I was surprised because she doesn't, she doesn't have an aversion to superhero films necessarily, but she's like, I have no interest in that. I was like, wow, okay. So I had to do the three-hour trek by myself. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I enjoyed it, and I'll probably watch it again at some point, but, uh, you know, I guess... I don't know how many people this will convert uh, of the folks out there who like really hated it. Cause I did see some people out there who were like, I can't believe that, you know, you, people tried to trick me into watching this ultimate <laughs> cut thinking that I'll like it when it's just more of Zack Snyder, you know, doing what he does. Um, which is not something that I complain about. Like I, I, for the most part, I enjoy it. I've enjoyed almost all of Zack Snyder's movies, even though I know that they're, you know, not great cinema and it's, he's, got a pretty crappy uh, you know like vision and so at some points but you know a lot of these movies are just you know like fun to watch and they're you know nice to look at yeah i i will say as much as i somewhat agree with what you're saying i'm kind of excited that they're branching out with these other movies these other dc universe movies and letting somebody else do some of them because i feel like he's I don't know if he's burnt out, which I wouldn't blame him for, but I feel like it's it's time to let somebody else have a shot at this. Let's see what Affleck can do. Let's see what, you know, whoever else can do with these. I'm I'm curious. Yeah, the the Wonder Woman trailer that they showed at Comic-Con is very promising and I mean, yeah. she's like one of the better elements of this movie. Um so I think that'll be good, but Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. Yeah, we'll see. I don't, you know, the the Justice League elements of this movie and then also like the trailer that they cut for Comic-Con or the, you know, like the footage that they put together. I think it was a little too jokey for me. Like I don't I didn't really mind the the grim seriousness of this world that they've set up. Like I think sometimes the Marvel movies go a little bit too far into that like jokey area and I could kind of do without a lot of that. So when they were kind of like cramming some stuff in like jokes into the justice league stuff. It's like, uh, this is, they're really like, <laughs> I mean, they're really like feeling defensive against all the criticism, you know, about this movie. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So last week, the folks at criterion put out the King who film, a touch of Zen. Um, this is one that had been previously released from masters of cinema in the UK it is now available here in the States it's th- another three-hour-long movie, but something that I think you'll you'll enjoy sitting through much more. Um, you know, it's a wuxia. I don't know if it's considered wuxia, but it's uh, you know martial arts, uh, gorgeous Chinese cinematography. Um, it's got lots of interviews. Um, Ang Lee comes to talk about the movie and its influence on him, and obviously with like something like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, Tony Raines comes to talk uh, in an interview. David Boardwell wrote the essay included in here. There's also some um, materials from the Cannes Film Festival press kit. So this one, and it's also got the, you know, the gorgeous cover art by Greg Ruth that we had a little tease at before the releases were officially made. Um, I actually own the posters for this one and Dragon Inn, and they are just absolutely beautiful. Uh, I'm, you know, still kind of surprised that Dragon Inn didn't get a release alongside of this this month. 
but I'm sure it's going to happen one of these days. Um, let's see what else came out last week. So, uh, oh, also, uh, Muriel, uh, or the time of return, the Alain Rene film from 1963. Um, this was his follow-up to last year at Marion bad. And, um, you know, if you love Alain Rene, this is definitely something to pick up. Uh, we're going to be recording our episode of Chronicles next week. And so, uh, we'll be able to talk about it more, uh, in that episode. That's very cool. I'm very curious about, um, that one. And by the way, I've been very much digging Chronicles. I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the show, but you guys have definitely gotten me excited about it. It's like having those end-of-the-year shows every month, yeah. you know, that get me excited about, which I love because then when a sale comes up, I'm like, well, here's this movie that I never... Like, what was the movie about the carrying of the water back and forth and the oh, Naked, the, naked the Island? Naked Island, yeah. Like, I was just hearing you guys talk about that one, I was like, that sounds fascinating. I may have to check this out. So... I really have been digging the Chronicles. Did you end up, have you, have you finished buying movies from the Barnes and Noble sale? Um, maybe I haven't bought any. <laughs> I've still, I'm, I'm, I'm being a complete child and pouting about the fact that, that they canceled that one, um, oh, coupon yeah, code. Coupon. Yeah. We talked about that in the last recording on this episode, on this show, yeah. uh, that the sparkler coupon, they uh so that was one that i mentioned on the podcast like and then the next day they just discontinued it was supposed to go for like a week or so yeah i I missed i missed it by like a day and i just i guess i would i resented it so much i I didn't feel like giving them any money which is really like i said childish and i'll admit that I, i can fully admit that so i may come around and buy something but so far i've um i i've just gotten a couple things from amazon um, cheap and I and I haven't ordered from the sale yet, but it'll be weird because I don't think there's been a sale go- that's gone by that I haven't ordered something. Um, so this might be my first. Yeah, that was uh, very disappointing to see that happen, and I know a lot of people were bummed about it. And uh, they, they, you know, they've done that before. I think where they've like, you know, cut off discount codes or like not even allowed some discount codes to be applied to Criterion sale stuff. Um, and then later they even like went in and like added, um, you know, in the terms for some of the coupons, like, oh, these cannot be applied to any Criterion Collection DVDs and Blu-rays. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they m- think a lot of folks might have gone in and placed a few orders, a few too many orders, uh, using that coupon code and maybe taken advantage of the generosity of Barnes and Noble, and uh, they put a stop to that uh, very quickly. Yeah, I mean it's a tricky thing. There's a tricky line between them being generous and them like um, l- losing money on this le- stuff. W- sure, losing money, but also what I was getting is they've set up, they've set this up, they've set up the idea that these sales will happen. So they've created the mentality in, in people that buy these movies that they will do it during the sales, and that if they offer up any other discounts, they'll try to take that, you know, too. Um, but I think they've just created a certain mentality with people by having these sales every year, and I I do appreciate it. I don't mean to sound ungrateful, um, but they must realize what creating this paradigm does to Criterion collectors. It gives it just makes them I don't know kind of greedy. I, I can't I can't quite <laughs> yes, put my finger on it, definitely. but it just creates this mentality, and I just like I said I just feel like it's unfair. Like if you don't want to offer a hundred dollar uh, you know, coupon discount, don't offer it, but don't offer it and then remove it. That's a dick move in my opinion. Like, 
because I think half off is a great price, but once you offer something else and then take it away, that just kind of is a shitty thing to do. So anyway, I'm going to get off that now, but I'll probably buy something. You know, like I said, maybe something I've heard you guys talk about on Chronicles that I wouldn't have picked up I might end up snagging. Well, definitely keep an eye on A Touch of Zen because that movie is just gorgeous. Um, and then obviously like Carnival of Souls came out recently and that one is definitely worth picking up again. And that I did. That I did get. And the new world too. The uh, the new you know box set that came out this week. Yeah, that's ah, shit. That might be one of the ones I have to snag before the sale ends. Yes, definitely don't let that one go by too long without picking it up. Um, the other film th- last week from Criterion was the Blu-ray upgrade of Night and Fog, the Ellen Renee uh, short documentary um, about the concentration camps. It's about thirty minutes long. Um, but it's still very powerful, and there's a new interview with Joshua Oppenheimer uh, on it, as well as um, a documentary that was available, I think, on the DVD before. And um, you know, this is one that where the disc, the DVD, was one of the cheapest Criterion DVDs for a long time, um, but now I think it's a full price Blu-ray for this new Night and Fog upgrade, even though the film is only a half an hour long. Um, and so, you know, like you get, you know, th- for the same price, you could get a touch of Zen, which is three hours long, plus all these interviews and stuff. And then Night and Fog is like mm, a half an hour and <laughs> a, f- a few supplements, um, which is like, I think I've mentioned this before, maybe here also definitely on Chronicles. Actually, maybe on the newsstand, I talked about this, but like it is an interesting like value that we place on um, running time and how like that really shouldn't be like, we shouldn't judge uh, how good a movie is or how valuable a release is to buy based on like how long it is, like how much of our time it takes up. Like it really should just be like, how powerful is this piece of art and how much will it like affect me? Um, and how much is that, you know, that experience, how much is that worth? Not like how much of my time is it going to, even though like we often will just, you know, time and, and money are like, you know, interchange or, you know, that's how we, you know, judge or, you know, place value on things. It's like the, the amount of time that it takes. Um, but I, I mean, sometimes Criterion has, you know, priced things at a lower price point when there's not quite as much, uh, content on the disc, but I think this is definitely a movie worth picking up. And even at a higher price point, like just seeing that movie is something that's worth, um, you know, I think that, that higher price point, but it is a tough sell in this world of people wanting, you know, like discounts on top of 50% (laughs) off sales. So this is true. (laughs) Um, arrow this, or last week put out the individual releases of the Fassbender films, Effie Brist and Fox and his friends with Chinese roulette. Um, also, last week, there was the Crimes of Passion Arrow release. And let's see, were there any other Arrow ones? I think that might be it. Um, Milestone put out The Daughter of Dawn, this film from, oh, like, the 20s, I think, or maybe the... I think it must have been the 20s, but it's Nor- Norbert Miles' um, film. And then, let's see, what else came out last week? Was last week the... Are these all Olive titles that came out last week? Yeah, there was a bunch of... Um, like Hoodlum and gang-related. Uh, and the ratings game uh, with Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's one that I watched, and I still need to watch The Outsider, which I'm very curious about. That's with Craig Wasson, a lot of people know from some De Palma movies. Um, I want to see that. But the ratings game is interesting. It's like slightly treading on <clears throat> like UHF territory before UHF because it's all about like a trucking magnate played by Danny DeVito who decides he wants to get into TV and you know thinks he can write scripts and of course when he tries to sell them to the studios nobody wants them because they're terrible um, but then the shows that they are running are terrible too and they show clips of them and they are pretty funny um, but he ends up kind of rigging the system and getting a bunch of Nielsen Holmes to watch his show uh, and there, thereby giving him a hit show and blah, blah, blah. So it, it's an interesting comedy. It's it's fun. It's classic 80s DeVito. And apparently it was the first movie that Showtime's, Showtime Networks produced um, at the time. They paid for it, I guess, and then they put it out through the movie channel, and I guess the movie channel called it one of their first original movies or something. So it's a four-by-three movie. It's a TV movie. When I was looking at that cover, it reminded me of that movie, which is totally not related to it, but like Stay Tuned. Oh, um, yeah. I just suddenly got like a flashback of Stay Tuned, which then I then like quickly Googled to see like, has that movie been out on Blu-ray yet? And no. It, I, it hasn't. I hope Warner Archive puts it out. That's a total yeah, Warner. totally. It's like a, it's available in HD on iTunes and Amazon. I think I have it on Vudu and yeah, it's Yeah, it's on Ultraviolet, so... Maybe um, maybe a Warner a future Warner Archive release. Yeah, Stay Tuned is way better than Ratings Game. Like Stay Tuned is weird and a whole lot of fun. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a huge fan. Um, looks like there were some Kino releases last week. Is Cuba? Is that one of the Kino releases? Yeah, that's a Richard Lester movie. Um, that I remember liking. It's been I, I have my copy. I haven't watched it yet, but it's Sean Connery and Brooke Adams. Um, kind of one of those like epic you know, uh, slice of time movies, um, that I, I don't know. I've been meaning to revisit for a long time, so that's cool. And then they also put out where's Papa, which is a really interesting cult movie. I don't even know if you can call it a cult movie anymore. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't know it, but at the time Danny Perry wrote his cult movies books in the early eighties, it was still very much, um, part of the cult lexicon, uh, Carl Reiner directed it. It came out in 1972. I could be wrong about that, but it's got uh, George Siegel and Ruth uh, Gordon. And Siegel plays like a dude who lives at home with his mom, played by Ruth Gordon, who's kind of crazy, and he is tired of taking care of her, and so he wants to like. He's sort of plotting to murder her, but he'd rather like scare her to death. So he, you know, like dresses up in a gorilla costume and like goes in her room and jumps up and down the bed. And she almost has a heart attack, but then she's okay. And, you know, he's trying to date people, um, like this woman and, but his mom's so weird and she has dementia and is possessive. And so it's a very difficult situation for him. It's, it's, it's a, it's a strange comedy. It's a really strange movie. Um, but I, I really do like it. Um, and for those that have adventurous comedic tastes, I do recommend it. And if you like Ruth Gordon, um, and you should, uh, it's worth looking at. So anything else for last week that you wanted to mention before we move on to this week's stuff? Two quick ones. Uh, Return of the Living Dead uh, from Screen. Oh, yeah, of course. Really nice, basically definitive edition of the movie. I mean, we've already seen a nice um, 
Um, I feel like there was one other collector's edition of it available overseas, but they've taken, I think, basically everything that was in that set and done one better, and it's a, it's a fantastic set. It's a must-own. If you're a fan of this movie, um, you should absolutely pick it up. It looks great. Um, I think it looks better than supposedly the other transfers thus far. Um, so, Or maybe that was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Regardless, it looks good. Um, and the other thing is to have and have not from Warner Archive. The last of the Bogey and Bacall that they hadn't released previously on Blu-ray um, and the best as far as I'm concerned. Um, a fantastic movie. And re-watching it, I was just reminded like how amazing Lauren Bacall is in that movie in that it's very similar to Casablanca in the plot. And so you have the Ingrid Bergman and the Lauren Bacall parallel characters in both movies and just how much Lauren Bacall kind of blows Ingrid Bergman away is kind of shocking considering she was like 17 years old or whatever at the time. And she is just so, um, I mean, vibrant. And uh, anyway, uh, it's a great movie. It was one of the movies that I saw in college early when I was getting into classic film that totally like launched me into like, I need to see more with both Bogey and Bacall. And that got me into other actors. It was a total gateway movie. And I think it can be the same for people now. If you have some friends that are not into classic film, show them this movie. You could hook them with it, I, I think. I don't know. This one in Casablanca. All right, so this week. Oh, wait, wait, sorry. One more. Okay. I forgot. Go this for is it. something that a lot of people aren't talking about. Um, I just happened to realize that a friend of mine from college actually directed this movie. It's called Out of Time, Restoring the DeLorean Time Machine. And it's a short documentary. It's just over an hour. Um, but it's all about... Um, this restoration project that was taken on to there was basically three cars used in Back to the Future. There was the one A, B, and C car, and they sort of like the A had the most detail, and then B and C had less and less, and they were used for like wider shots and whatnot. So that the B and C basically disappeared or were trashed or something happened to them. A was left, but it was left out on the lot outside to sort of just totally decay. And so when they wanted, when it started getting around to the 30th anniversary of the movie or something, um, they were thinking about, Universal was thinking about, you know, bringing it out and whatever. And it was in such bad shape that they, they, they found this restoration team to work on, you know, putting the whole thing back together and making it look good again. And if you're a fan of those movies, I mean, this is really nothing more than sort of an elevated uh, episode of reality television and I don't mean to I don't I, I, that that sounds bad when I say it like that I mean good reality television like if you like that and you have had a good experience at some point with a reality TV show where you're like that was pretty good um, I mean this is just kind of like that but it, it, the added element of having the DeLorean something we all care about as the thing that's being restored adds this emotional context to it that I think makes it a good watch so if people are interested, they should check it out. It's 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 pretty neat to see how the, how much work is involved, how much damage had come to the DeLorean, how much stuff people stole off of it, basically, you know, because it was left out in public places sometimes, and people would just steal things off of it. And they got people to send stuff back, you know, parts and things that have been taken. And anyway, it's a fascinating watch. I, I do recommend it for Back to the Future fans. And I'm done with last week. Sorry about that. No, that's fine. Um, so this week, as we mentioned, The New World, the Terrence Malick film, is out from Criterion 
This is a new three disc Blu-ray set or four disc DVD set. Um, it is, a, you know, Criterion often releases definitive editions of films, and this is certainly one of those releases. This is has three different cuts of the film. It has a the a new 4K restoration of the 172 minute extended cut of the film. There's a and then there are high definition transfers of the 135 minute theatrical cut and the 150 minute first cut of the film. So those are ones that weren't available on Blu-ray before. The the extended cut was like the only one available on Blu-ray for a long time uh, until now. And now we have these new uh, restorations and transfers from um, supervised by Emmanuel Lubezki. And these have new interviews with, you know, Colin Farrell and uh, all sorts of other folks uh, are involved in this. It has some pretty gorgeous artwork from Robert Hunt uh, included as the cover art and the interior art of the box set itself. And so um, this is just amazing. I can't wait, uh, you know, to talk about this even more next week uh, on, on Chronicles. Yeah, you may have already almost talked me into buying it before I've heard the Chronicles. Ah, I get it. Damn it. <laughs> it is one of the more expensive price point ones. So it, you're, you know, you're getting three Blu-ray discs inside the set, and so it's it's at that fifty dollar SRP. So, so it's a, tw- a twenty-five. It's a twenty. Off? Yeah, it's a twenty-five dollar one at half off. It's not bad. It's not bad. I think so. Um, the other big, and I'd say like kind of must own release this week for folks who love you know things like the Criterion Collection. Uh, the Kino release of Pioneers of African American Cinema is out this week uh, on Blu-ray. This is a box set that we talked about last year when they were doing the Kickstarter campaign for it. Oh, yeah. And so this is one where they had been trying to raise some money to help restore a number of these films that they um, you know, were, were gathering up together. Uh, in the end, they got over 500 donations uh, through Kickstarter and raised a whole lot of money and raised even more than what they were aiming for and, and included, um, you know, I forget how many uh, dozens or hundreds of films. I mean, there's a lot of short films included on here in addition to a number of features, but the uh, entire box set I think is like 13, 1200 minutes long. And so you're getting a lot of material uh, for this set. Um, you know, this is uh, a lot of stuff that people haven't seen before. There's a lot of, you know, these are, um, these aren't movies just like starring African-American or black actors. These are movies made by them, like, you know, made and produced uh, who, and these are films that had just, you know, have had almost no release or, um, you know, no one was talking about these movies before this box set was put together. I mean, obviously there are scholars out there like um, Jacqueline Stewart, one of the uh, historians who's in, who's heavily involved with this. She is featured in uh, in the essays in the book itself, as well as um, there's a short introduction to the set on the first disc where they talk about like you know why they put why they came together to put this release out, and it is just amazing to watch. Uh, the discs go in chronological order, and when you flip open the book, there is actually a um, listing of the filmography of all the films with like years and running times and little descriptions and you know credits and everything for each film so it really like you have to 
it's almost when I was watching that, the, the discs, it was like, it was nice to have the book open in front of me, like, and just, you know, hit play all and just start watching these films and reading about them as you go. Uh, it's amazing to watch. And this is like, you know, this, this probably will be up for some like, you know, awards at the uh, cinema retrovado next year, I'd imagine just because of all the work when it, that went into it from the library of Congress. And, um, you know, I think like, uh, the, the Eastman house and anyway, like, and the, and UCLA, uh, like their, their restoration work there. Um, and then obviously like, this is kind of huge because this is like a big for me, like, you know, Kickstarter campaign that we talked about on the podcast and, you know, people were donating and, in the book itself, they list all of the names of everyone who donated. And so it's fun, you know, when I got it and I was flipping it open, like reading through all the names, it's like so many of the people that I follow on Twitter yes. are listed here in the book. And that is just like such a good feeling to see, you know, like, um, like, you know, even like Aaron, Aaron West, who, uh, you know, he, it was one of, I remember when he like wrote in saying like, you know, I, I heard you guys talk about it on the podcast and I'm, I'm going to donate. So like he's in here, he got his set. I think he got his set already. Um, I hope he did. Um, but you know, it's just, it's so neat to see, you know, people that I, I read online, you know, mentioned as being thanked for putting this set out. So congratulations to Kino, uh, on putting out a really stellar, like important set, you know, like this is like, you know, pretty topical in that, like, you know, the black lives matter movement is going on right now. The, the, the election, um, it's like a very political year in so many different ways. And this set, is just like you know a must own i think for anyone out there who cares about this kind of uh discussion in in cinema so uh this is like you know the, the i think the must own release of the week i mean you know the new world is great and beautiful and everything but this one this pioneers of african-american cinema uh from kino is just like it's so important all right what what else came out this week uh on blu-ray sorry it's getting kind of late yeah i'll move it quick here well in far less important cinema terms um but interesting nonetheless a couple from vinegar syndrome um who continues their run of black exploitation stuff with uh pd wheatstraw uh the devil's son-in-law uh another uh rudy ray moore movie which is very much like a Dolomite movie uh, in that he's sort of playing that character. Um, but in this case, he plays a guy who has, at some point in the film, is mortally wounded and ends up making a deal with the devil. And so there's like a devil cane that he uses. So he's, he's slightly more superpowered Dolomite in this movie. Is this, um, but it's not like, it's not a sequel to like this in the human tornado. And No, I mean, okay. it's, a, it's a different, Petey Wheatstraw is a, technically different character but again it's Rudy Ray Moore playing himself slash the Dolomite type character that he yeah. became famous for so it's in it's ostensibly kind of like a Dolomite 3 you know <laughs> and then there's like Disco Godfather which is coming which is kind of a Dolomite 4 and anyway um, if you like Rudy Ray Moore you should probably get it it's it's fun and silly um, they also put out the Candy Tangerine Man which um, I don't think it had a DVD release prior to this um, so that's kind of nice very much like a not a standard but a, like a pimp movie uh-huh. um, where the pimp himself kind of leads a double life uh, which I won't get into too much I don't want to spoil but uh, he ha- one of the fun things in the movie one of them is on the poster and that is that his car which is a really pimped out like Rolls Royce has two machine guns uh, at 
both sides of the uh, headlights that he uses to occasionally obliterate some people that oppose him. Um, but it's, you know, it's interesting. If you're into the black exploitation stuff, it's definitely one worth looking at. Um, s- I think for me, one of my favorites of the week is Deadline USA, which is a keynote release with Bogart. We were talking about Bogart from last week. Um, this one, he's like a, he runs a newspaper that um, has been bought out by some bigger corporation and they're on their last days and they decide to take down like a local um, criminal figure um, by just going, just balls out. Every every article, every editorial, everything is taking this guy down and 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 re- and sort of revealing what he's doing because they have nothing to lose. They just kind of go nuts, and it's great. I think it's a really good movie, and it's one of the sort of lesser known for me anyway, as far as I I'm concerned, lesser known Bogart movies that is still great and is a wonderful thing to discover um, if you feel like you've seen all his stuff. And maybe a lot of people have seen this, but I hadn't. So this I like that one. This one has a. Uh, audio commentary from Eddie Miller, the the film noir guy. Yeah, that's it's a great commentary. I mean, Eddie is on fire and doing a lot of great work with Kino, and I hope they continue to do work with him because he's perfect for this stuff. Um, real briefly, uh, a trio of releases from Scream Factory. Actually, one's a Shout Factory release, but The Boy Who Cried Werewolf and Hellhole. I haven't watched Boy Who Cried Werewolf yet. Um, it's an older werewolf movie, but I'm curious about it. And then Hellhole is just like a straight, um, kind of women in prison kind of thing. Um, not too many actors you'll recognize except maybe Mary Warrenov and I want to say there's a couple more, but it's copious amounts of nudity and people being tortured in a mental, mental institution, kind of a sleazy movie. If you're into that. You might like it. And speaking of sleazy, Death Wish 2, I think Shout Factory put out. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the uncut version of it, um, which is something for Blu-ray fans that only own the other version. Um, I think that's it from them. And then The Invitation. Uh, did you see that one? The Invitation. Is that the new film yeah. from... Karen Kusama. Oh, Karen Kusama, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen that, but I have heard good things about it, though. I'd be very curious to see what you think. Yeah, it's a good sort of slow burn. I hate to use that phrase, but um, thriller uh, with some twists and turns. Uh, I think definitely worth picking up. Definitely among the better movies this year. And another one that's supposed to be among the better movies this year is Sing Street, which is from the director of Once and Begin Again. Um, I just saw Leonard Malton literally today put out an email blast for a post he had just done calling this the best movie of the year as far as he's <laughs> concerned, which is high praise. I don't necessarily trust Leonard's <coughs> what Leonard has to say, but I'm, I ended up buying this on, on uh, voodoo and I'm going to watch it. I was going to watch it last night, but I was too tired, but uh, it's supposedly great. Uh, a great little movie about some kid who forms a band to impress a girl or something like that. Um, so I think that's most of what's came out this week. I don't know if you have any others that, there's a couple of ones in the UK. The Buster Keaton collection was released this week from Masters of Cinema. This is the new four-disc Blu-ray collection that is kind of like a competing one to the... Uh, was it Kino or was it um, Cohen that put it out in the States? I forget. Uh, I feel like there are other competing Buster Keaton... I think it was Kino. Yeah, Kino, you're right. Um, and then also... 
uh, Artificial Eye put out uh, the Tarkovsky film Mirror on Blu-ray. This is one where I feel like there's been some um, debate online as to like how well Artificial Eye is mastering these Blu-rays because of, of some of the like gamma levels in um, the color. But, you know, right now I think these are like, this is like, you know, the only real Blu-ray. Actually, I guess there is another Blu-ray out there, but this one looks definitely looks, well, I don't know. I'm looking at the screenshots now and it looks like about the same. But um, I just got Andre Rublev in the mail from when I was down at Comic-Con and uh, I can't wait to finally check that one out. But there is some debate online as to like, you know, is is artificial eye mastering these discs correctly? Are they? I guess there was like some kind of. I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but there's like a. A defect in the like the in the way that QuickTime does handles like the gamma, and you have to kind of adjust for it. And you have to like a no to adjust for it, and they're not. And so you, I, this might be something that you can correct with your television settings, but. Um, but the disc needs, I don't know, it's like, I think it might be too bright is what they're saying. And so like, that's, that's what's wrong with the way that QuickTime handles these, uh, these levels, but I'm totally getting that, that all butchered. So anyway, it's now out in, uh, in the UK on Blu-ray. Yeah, I think that's about it. Um, again, for any author who, um, I would say like, you know, don't miss out on this Pioneers of African American Cinema. I don't think it's limited, but it is certainly, you know, it's like, I think it retails for a hundred bucks. And right now you can probably get it out there for like 70 or $80. All right, Brian, thanks so much for joining me and for uh, hanging out to talk about all this stuff that we missed out on. Yeah. Very epic episode. All right, everyone. See you next week. Mm-hmm.